Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Marketing, Management, and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Murray. And I'm your host, Ryan Owens. So last week, we were talking about thresholds in small business. These these barriers or these these uh, limits, you know, these pivotal points that these business owners come up against, and they really have to make some key decisions. They do some game changing, you know, the rules of engagement change, and we were talking about that, but we were kind of talking about it from maybe like a, a progression. We were talking mm-hmm. about it from you know what I would consider the management side of things, experiential, experiential, yeah. Uh, what we didn't have time to cover, and I want to devote an entire episode to it because it's so important, is financial thresholds in a business. Yeah, and I think so many of our listeners want to hear about this because, it, it again, it's universal among small business owners. There's all kinds of different uh, thresholds that we could go through. A small business, but some of the financial ones are, are the hardest to get through and can be the scariest. And and they don't go away. So yeah. th- this is an interesting... So in, in the previous episode, we were talking about like taking the jump from non-entrepreneur to entrepreneur. Once you've right. done that, it's done. Like, yeah. you know, you're in business, you're now doing it. You don't have to do this again every couple of years. You know, we talked about your first hire and, and where is those first few hires, you go through this process, but every time it gets a little bit easier, it gets a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. The thing about the finance is you always have thresholds. They just get bigger. Yeah. And and so some of these problems persist the entire duration of your business. I mean, yeah. your, your whole life, you're going to deal with these financial thresholds. They just get bigger, which in some aspects makes them instead of more comfortable, the more you do them a little bit more scary because now, you know, at first you're like, Oh, okay. You know, I'm investing $5,000, big deal. And then it's like, Oh, now I'm $50,000. Oh, now I'm a half a million. Now I'm 5 million. You know, it starts to become a little daunting, but with like hiring employees, it's like, you almost build up a tolerance for it, I guess. You yeah, know, there's like, here we go again. Inoculation period where you're like, <laughs> oh crap, I gotta hire an employee. And then you do it and you're like, whoa, I made this mistake. And we're like, I nailed this. Mm-hmm. And you go to do it the next time. It's like, okay, I got this. And then you're like, whoa, I just had to hire another point. That was crazy. But I learned all this stuff. And your third one, fourth one, fifth one, on and on and on is, yeah, you, you kind of build up this tolerance for it. But like you said, as soon as you start to, you know, spend, you're spending $5,000. You do that for the fifth time. Sure. You know, spending $5,000 is no big deal, but it doesn't just, like you said, it doesn't just stay at $5,000. It jumps up right. 50,000, half a million, <laughs> 5 million, 50 million, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just keeps going. It's, yeah. you know, and, 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 and so I, I want to start with when, when we do this discussion, we're going to kind of take a little bit of a stance as though this is the first time that you're dealing with it. Yeah. But really, as we've already outlined, it's, you know, even if you're dealing with this again, a lot of these things still persist. And so right. as we discuss this, wherever you are in your stage of business, just keep that in mind. But we're going to kind of talk about the first time. And so I want to talk about the first time that a business owner jumps from self-funded to getting a loan. Most businesses will start out with self-funding. Now, some of them start out with getting a loan right off the bat. Yeah. 
but a lot of businesses will start out with self-funding or if they do get a loan, they're still using their personal credit to get yeah. that loan. Yeah. And, and so a lot of this kind of has to do with the entrepreneur, you know, themselves. But as you start to get that loan, it changes the game. Yeah. So you start off on this very personal front, right? Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, whether it's self-funded or financed through somebody else, it's, it's still very personal. And so it still is this, this scary thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so what are some of the things that, that you've seen change with entrepreneurs when, you know, they're now, if I'm self-funded, I don't really have any pressure. It's like, okay, you know, if I lose the money, fine, I lose the money. But as soon as I've got a business loan that I have to pay back, especially mm-hmm. if my, you know, if my assets are tied to that, what, what are some things that you've seen change with, with entrepreneurs as soon as they get a little bit of that pressure? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a little bit of a different pressure. I think there's definitely pressure, at least there was for me, there's definitely pressure in, in taking that first thousand bucks and being like, this is, this is it, man. Like there's pressure, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And, but yeah, getting a loan or, um, securing some other type of financing, all of a sudden you, it's not just you that owns it, right? Like there's, you are responsible not only to yourself and your own expectations, but the expectations of somebody else. So I was working with this lady brilliant lady and she still owns a super successful business today and she uh, she had a business it was a daycare she had this daycare that uh was running really well it was a home-based daycare she just Mm -hmm. ran it out of her home and for all intents purposes it was paid for i mean yeah she she still had a mortgage on her home but the business portion of it was just making money yeah and she was doing really well she decided to launch into a commercial Got a loan for over a million dollars. Oh my gosh! You know, and at the time she was in her thirties. Uh huh. So here you have someone in their thirties getting a loan for over a million bucks and jumping into. I mean, that's a threshold. I was gonna say that's her first time. And you know, Dang. and she 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 did amazingly well with it. And nice. you know, it, it 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 was so fun to watch the progression and work with her on you know putting together. And you know the the thing that made the difference with her is she was so meticulous. Like I remember going over those numbers with her, and we spent hours i mean one time we sat down and literally for six hours straight we just rehashed the numbers but she wanted to make sure that everything was accurate and correct because she she realized how big of a yeah of a jump this was going to be yeah she she calculated it correctly you know And, and and it worked really well and so you know when, we're, not, when, we're not condoning your first time being dollars, <laughs> by the way. Don't, don't do Well, that. you threw a thousand bucks out there, and I'm like, dude, a thousand bucks. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's a signature low. That's, that's well, not even. <laughs> not all of us are rolling in it, Ryan. <laughs> Some of us got to start slow, okay? Jeez. <laughs> you know, but, you know, when, 
when a business owner goes and they they get that loan, it does. It changes the game. Yeah. And it changes the way they think about it. And in her case, she started thinking more seriously about her business. It it went yeah. from, oh, yeah, I can do this, no big deal, to, okay, I want to plan everything out. I want to make sure this is done correctly. You yeah. know, and, and she she became a lot more meticulous yeah. when she crossed that threshold. It's got to be efficient. It's got to work. It's, it's got to – I have to be able to predict that it's – that it's going to do X, Y, and Z. Because it's, at that point, once you have a loan, you're making payments on it, right? You right. have to be able to say, I know that this does this, and thus I can pay that loan back and make money yeah. and be able to continue to progress in my business. You know what I mean? So there's, a, like you said, there's a lot more to think about and super smart of her to be to become that much more disciplined and that much more meticulous. Mm -hmm. So another another piece of this that I want to now, touch on. Hang on. Before you jump forward, I got to throw in a nugget of advice to our listeners. Okay. Okay. If you have that loan, as you said, you're like you're making payments on it. One of the reasons for failure is you can't keep pace. And a loan forces a pace of sales. So oh, yeah. let me put this in, in other words. If I have a loan payment that's due every single month, I now have a sales expectation that is also due every single month. Right. If I don't have that loan payment due every single month, I don't have that sales expectation. And so it's a lot easier to stay in business when expectations are low. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that you can float forever. And some businesses, they require loans right up front. Mm -hmm. But if you can avoid, as we talked about in the last episode with thresholds, push the envelope, see how long you can go without getting yeah. a loan. Get a little bit ridiculous on your bootstrapping. Yeah. Push it to levels where people are like, why don't you just go get a loan? You're like, because I'm showing that I can do this without. Because yeah. the chances of staying in business, they drop dramatically once you throw that loan on top of it. Yeah. Uh, and there's actually part of your your book that talks about this. Mm -hmm. So Startup Marketing uh, talks about doing things unconventionally that normal people, non-entrepreneurs, people who have a nine to five job. Normal people. Doing, yeah. Uh, Non-psychotic people. <laughs> Non-masochistic people. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they, you know, they just don't get it. They don't, right. they don't have a tolerance for it. They don't see the need for it or the necessity. And they're just like, you're insane. Why are you doing that? Yeah. yeah they live in a different realm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've talked about that, that it's this different sphere of existence. Sometimes mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, a bootstrapper in yeah. specific, yeah. you know? So, um, so anyway, I just wanted to share that nugget. Now I'll let you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So there's another phase of this or another, uh, maybe not phase is the right word, but, uh, another, avenue that mm -hmm. a lot of i see a lot of startups going down is investors oh so oh. let's talk about investors for and, a minute and we could broaden this because uh you know your startups are looking at investors but your existing businesses you know how many of them right. are thinking maybe i ought to get an investor i'm short some cash what do i do yeah and 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 in an existing business as you continue through some of these other thresholds um and we'll talk about this some more in further along in the episode, but as you're purchasing uh, new equipment or innovative, uh -huh. you know, implementing innovative processes, things like that, you know, those all require uh, capital infusion of some kind or another. Right. 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 And so, uh, yeah, let's talk about investors and how, how that is different from simply getting a loan. 
Okay, okay. So the experience that I've had working with businesses is investors kind of muck things up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I'm I'm not trying to just, you know, throw all investors under the bus. Yeah. But I I I'm going to be stereotypical here for a second. So investors want a return on investment. Right. And you know, a lot of people think, oh, hey, I can give up some of my equity, which doesn't cost me anything. Oh, and then, you know, I can I can get all this money to launch. And I'm like, no, no, no. Your equity is the so most valuable. valuable piece that you have. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm super hesitant to give up equity. And if I do give up equity, I don't want to give it up in any large portion. Yeah. You know, um... I, I had a college professor who he uh, sat on a board for an angel investment group mm-hmm. and they would look at these different, you know, people would pitch to them and they would look at what they were funding. But I'll tell you, as he would share experiences and as I've worked with other people who have pitched to angel investors, they're, they're not really angels. Uh, I mean, it's kind of an angels and demons here going on because when they come into this realm of investment, they want to call the shots. They want to make sure that things happen a certain way because they want their return on investment. Yeah. The entrepreneur looks at it as, you know, they're changing the world. They're making the world a better place. They're passionate about what they're doing. They just want to get their product or service in the hands of, you know, consumers. But investors, they've vetted you against you know, all other investment options and they just think that you have the best chance of getting a, a positive return and they expect to see that. They're not nearly as passionate as you are of your product and service. Mm-hmm. So they have a very different lens that they're looking through. And a lot of times it burns the investor or excuse me, it burns the entrepreneur. Oh yeah, for sure. I I think that's a great way that you phrased it. They're looking at it through a different lens uh, and it totally is. The small business owner is looking at this from, I get this capital infusion and all of a sudden that enables me to do X, Y, and Z and they have this vision for it, right? Mm-hmm. They they are the expert in this niche and they know what they know. They, they know what they want to do. They know what's best for their business most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. But then you have these investors come in and they they aren't as willing to take the risk a lot of times that a small business owner would to say, you know what, I'm the expert here. And especially, man, especially if it's off a gut check, like, oh yeah, you know, I have all this data and the data sort of points to this, but my gut really tells me this is where we need to go. It's the same, you know, the data is kind of pointing there, but my gut is like, yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And angel investors or investors of any other kind aren't going (laughs) to, That's not quantifiable. Yeah. They don't care about that. Yeah. They just want to be able to predict in the best possible way that X, Y, and Z are going, like you said, going to give me that return. And small business owners like, well, I want to do A, B, and C because it's going to change the world. Yeah. Like you said, or it's going to, you know, benefit the world and me financially. <laughs> right. And, you know, to be fair, I, I, I think we're kind of giving investors a bad rap. Sure. And, they're not bad. Right. These are just some things to be aware of. Yeah. These right? are the pitfalls that come. I mean, the positive side is you can get a lot of investors that they provide expertise, there they provide go. management, yeah. they yeah. can they can get you to a level that you can't get on your own. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
entrepreneurs are limited by their own capacity. And if they never reach out to any sort of investment, be it debt or equity, be it, you know, a loan or an investor, if they always stay within their own capabilities, the business is going to be stifled. You know, it's, it's never going to grow as it could and should and and so these aren't bad ways to go. These are thresholds that at some point you're going to need to cross. And even if you're a big established business, you're still going to need to cross the threshold of how much debt do I take on? How much equity do I give up? How much, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 and you're making these decisions. But there's another decision that uh, I think is really interesting or another issue that starts to happen. And that is... What about when you cross the threshold of really starting to make money? Yeah, that's an intense threshold. It's thrilling, but at the same time. <laughs> but scary. Yeah, because it, it, it really does enter yet another realm of, you know, you just opened this door and walked in and you're surveying the room and like, what, where did I just land? <laughs> right? I'm not used to this. This is uncomfortable. Yeah. I want to go back to the pole box. Like, great. This is cool. There's a party, but uh, I'm not sure about this party. <laughs> right. But right. it's awesome. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, a lot of small businesses, when they, when they start to make money, it not only changes the way they do business, but it changes the way they think about their business because all of a sudden they have this resource available to them and hopefully they can either understand or seek advice on how to best utilize that mm-hmm. because all too often you see entrepreneurs make that shift and they don't know how to handle it. So. There are a couple things that that really happen in that shift that uh, you know that these these entrepreneurs need to be aware of. One is that um, they can actually grow themselves out of business. Yeah, and yes. we're going to talk about this when we talk about the inverse relationship between sales and cash mm-hmm. uh, coming up in in a future episode. And the other thing that happens is it gets lonely at the top. When you start yeah. making money, all of a sudden you're finding yourself isolated. And we'll also talk about that in, in a future episode. And so there are a couple of key things that, that we're going to discuss in depth and in detail. But one that I want to talk about here right now is when you really start making money and you really start to grow, you have to support that growth with investment. Yeah. And yep. What happens the first time that that entrepreneur has to make a big purchase? Like, you know, sales are doing so well that you've got to order inventory in advance in anticipation of sales growth. And you start looking at how much money, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars that are going out the door to support what you hope will be sales. Right. So to me, this is very, very similar to the threshold of going from non-entrepreneur to <laughs> entrepreneur, right? And it's it's like we talked about, financial thresholds grow with you. It's This is the same kind of a concept. This is the same kind of a threshold where it's you are now entering this new realm and there's risk mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going to happen. Right. You right. know, there's so many unknown factors 
that, like I said, you walked into this room and you're surveying it like, what the heck is, what am I about to walk into? Uh-huh. And it's not until you start to get in there and familiar, familiarize yourself with the room or or with that new space that you start to kind of figure it out and be like, okay, this was a bad call or this was the right decision. I need to keep doing X, Y, and Z to continue to operate in this realm right. effectively. Right. And, and, and I think there, there's a word that's floating around in my mind right now, and that is just courageous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As an entrepreneur, man, you have just got to be courageous because it's scary every single time that you come up against these thresh- these thresholds, especially these financial thresholds. Those tend to be even scarier yeah. than you know some of these other thresholds. And you look at the financial outlay, the capital outlay that you have to do to support the growth, or you know the investment that you're taking on, or the loan that you're taking on, and you know at some point. I just admire people who are willing to consistently yeah. put the risk out there. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you're tough. Yeah. I mean, you, you are just tough. Yeah. And it's thrilling all the same. You know, yeah, it's scary, but that's why we do it. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. that rush. Yeah. It's like for a bunch of adrenaline junkies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for being with us this week. We really appreciate you bearing through another, ep- or another, yeah, another episode of Thresholds. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Sounds good.